Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. your girl Alexis Barber. Welcome back to Two Smart Brittas. Today we are going to be diving into all things Wharton and I wanted to touch a little bit on how I'm planning on balancing entrepreneurship with content creation with my MBA for the next few years. We're doing a little bit of a wine chat tonight because it is 7 p.m. and I had planned on filming this earlier, but I feel like doing a little cheers works for us. This is also YouTube and podcast, so make sure you're checking it out on both. So we're gonna start this off with me answering some questions you guys submitted on Instagram about Wharton and my thoughts on Wharton, what I'm planning on doing while here, all things Wharton. And then I figured I'd follow it up a little bit with more on like how I am planning on managing my life and time here. But I want to preface this by saying I don't know what life is going to look like. It's already looking pretty busy. Uh, and so I can't give you a concrete like piece of information about how my life's going to be, what I can promise as a creator. So just if you see me in three months acting different, don't say anything or do. Okay, so the first question in the Wharton AMA is, when do you start classes? Are you excited? So Wharton actually has a bit of a unique situation. I actually don't know. I didn't look at other schools for this, but we have a three-week orientation that's called preterm, which actually starts on Monday. I'm recording this on Friday, and it starts on Monday. So we have three weeks. The first week and a half is actually orientation stuff like choose your classes meet your advisors career stuff and then the second week and a half is our first course which is a very small credit unit and it's called management 100 and basically it's like a leadership class with a couple of people in your group so that is a like i think five days of full class and then you have a paper due after that and then we have a few days off and after that we start classes officially on august 28th and then that's when the first semester will begin. So I am technically starting at Wharton on Monday, but I am not starting classes until the 28th. So that, I hope, clears things up a little bit. I am very excited to answer the second half of your question. I am super ready for just seeing what it's all about. This has just been such a long time coming, you know what I mean? And I feel like it's so crazy to be this close to it actually happening. Uh, it's definitely overwhelming and different, but I am really excited to see what's really going on. You know what I mean? Next was, what was your requirements when looking at schools? How many schools did you apply to and what rounds? So this is a really important distinction for me to make. I did not apply to business school during the normal application round process. I applied through deferred enrollment. I've talked about it many times on the show before. I applied during the 
spring of my senior year and that's because I knew I wanted to get an MBA and I knew this because I had spent a week at Harvard Business School doing their summer venture and management program as a junior uh, so I had learned a lot more about MBAs I was also in something called MLT or Management Leadership for Tomorrow their undergraduate program they also have a graduate program for MBA students and that program is their initial program and then they expanded to undergrad so the undergrad program had a heavy influence of people who had gotten their MBAs or who had spoken really highly about getting an MBA so that's really where the idea was planted in my head and I chose to do it just because one I was a little bit of an overachiever and two I was like I want to have this in my back pocket and so that I can take risks in my early career and that was something that I was really happy that I was able to do because no matter what I did, what I messed up or what I didn't like in my first few years of my career, I always knew I was going to the best business school in the country so I would be fine, you know what I mean? So that was really nice and I would definitely say that if you are a, in college still to consider this and I'll give specific advice for that later. But to answer these specific questions, I applied to four schools. I applied to Columbia, Harvard, Wharton, and Kellogg because I went to Northwestern undergrad. My requirements when I was looking at schools were that I needed to be in a metropolitan area, uh, that I really wanted like a bigger school so I could meet people, and I also was looking for somewhere that was helpful with entrepreneurial resources because I knew I wanted to do something in entrepreneurship. This is pre-being an influencer. I was really just headed to Google thinking I was going to be a Google girl the rest of my life and wanted to use my MBA to transition into entrepreneurship if I saw fit for that. I just started being an entrepreneur earlier than I thought I would. Uh, and I also was just like, I don't know, of course looking for like name value. I think that Truthfully, when it comes to what I'm looking for out of my career, having that name value and that new network, one of the reasons I didn't choose Kellogg, which is a very respected school as well, is that I already have a Northwestern network, so I wanted to be able to get a larger network by going outside of that undergraduate network that I had. I would say that there are very different reasons that everyone gets an MBA, but I definitely knew the network is what was most valuable to me, and I thought about that early on. Uh, and then when I was deciding between schools, what it came down to was truly community, because I found that the black community at Wharton went above and beyond during our application process, which is rare because as deferred admissions, obviously, we, it was the first time that anyone could apply who hadn't gone to Penn undergrad for this program and we still had separate information sessions with black students. We had black students reaching out to us to give us interview prep and I was just shocked because no other school did that and I was like, whoa! And it made me recognize that the Wharton black community was something that was very special and I was really wanted to be a part of that. I mean, it doesn't hurt that it's like ranked very highly and the oldest business school has some of the best resources. I mean, the list and it was in a city that was close to New York. But at the same time, like the community just seemed unmatched. And that's sort of how Wharton became my top choice. Like I remember 
like in being in that information session and being like, I want this, like I know this is where I need to go. So that's what I was looking for. I guess it probably wasn't super like strategic or anything like that, but yeah. Someone asked, how do you choose your classes? Do you have to test into courses? So for Wharton specifically, there are um, core classes and there are fixed core and there are flexible core classes and then there are your major classes. So the fixed core are courses everybody has to take unless they are a specialist in that field and test out of it. The flexible core are a list of classes you can take but you have to have a certain amount of them in order to graduate. And then the elective slash major courses are courses that are taken to fulfill your major or just for fun aka an elective. In total I believe we take 20 units and 9 are core and the other 11 are your major and elective classes. So the course selection process is actually pretty harrowing. They sent us like a informational video about it to get started and I was shocked at how difficult it seems to be because I went to Northwestern for undergrad and every class was worth the same amount of weight and you just got told what time you could choose your classes and you just like chose them and this time you have to bid on classes with a certain amount of weight and you don't know what your schedule will be and it's like so complicated and I'm not looking forward to it but I do know the majority of the first and second semesters are to be getting those core classes out of the way and a lot those include things like marketing, financial accounting, corporate finance, macroeconomics, etc. I think it goes without saying that Wharton is a very finance heavy school. So it is a very quant-heavy school. Uh, it's very, very finance bro-y. Uh, and that's sort of where it also kind of gets the partying reputation. You know how those boys are. But I am a little, I'm a little nervous about that, if I'm being honest. But what I'm telling myself is, one, I can learn new things. And two, uh, it's going to make me a better overall business person to have these incredible like professors teaching me these things and to learn about them. So I am excited for the courses to answer the second half of your question. And the, to answer this part, do you have to test into courses? You do not have to. You do, however, have to take two like prerequisite exams before starting. I told you guys about this in my last Sunday solo because I was so stressed about them. There is a writing exam as well as a business, uh, as well as a math for business exam that you have to take before you get to campus and pass those. Otherwise, you have to do them again throughout the year. And then you also can, if you want to, test into or out of classes. So say you are a professional accountant and you have been for 10 years, you can test out of the accounting classes and you no longer have to take that for your core. But some classes you actually will test into, you can test out of, but they'll just put you in a harder one. So economics, for example, you can test out of that basic economics everyone takes, but they're just going to put you in the harder economics class. So it depends on what you want for yourself. If you want to cruise through one class or if you want to get that intellectual challenge. Someone said advice for undergrads that are considering 2 plus 2 and other programs. So my biggest advice here is to one, have a strong reason that you want to get an MBA because you're going to be asked that question a lot. 
but two, to not be married to that. I felt like I had to give a 10 year plan for my life when I was doing these applications. And yes, you need to appear like you have a 10 year plan mapped out for you, but everyone knows, including these admissions officers, that your early career will change your perspective on your what you want out of your longer career, no matter what. So I think it's important to say, okay, I have a clear plan for what I think I want now, and MBA plays into that, here's how. However, to yourself, you need to be able to say to yourself, it's okay if this changes, I don't have to be married to this, or maybe you're saying, I wanna use this degree to further to, to work on environmental studies in this specific oil and gas industry in, 20, in five years or something like that. If you want to give them something specific, but like you are not married to that, I think that's fine. You simply need to have a strong and compelling reason why an MBA is going to help you. And mine happened to stay pretty similar. Uh, at the time, I had no like footing in the influencer or creator economy game. And I had said that I wanted to use my early career in tech to figure out ways to uplift black women. And I did that through my experience as a experience working with creators at YouTube. And that was my goal for that. And also that I needed to like lift myself up if I'm gonna lift other people up. But that long term, I wanted to get an MBA from Morton and go into venture capital to be able to lift up black women through venture capital. That was my plan then. Now, I don't necessarily, I mean, the venture capital landscape has changed since 2019. So, I mean, I don't know if I will go into VC. It's not something that's ruled out. I still obviously do it on the side. But that is something that I had a strong reason and a strong, compelling reason why I was going to get an MBA. And although I may end up recruiting somewhere else or not recruit at all to work on my own entrepreneurial ventures, I had a strong reason. So make sure you have that, first of all. And second of all, don't stress about it too much because whatever happens, you can always apply again, first of all. Second of all, if you do get in, girl, you're set. So that's amazing. So don't, don't stress too much about it. I let it ruin my life and I shouldn't have. How did you prepare for and stand out in your Wharton interview? So my Wharton interview, so for those who don't know, there are two Wharton interviews. One is an individual one and one is called a team-based interview where you're given a scenario in a group of five to six other people and you have to come up with a plan based on the scenario. For mine, how I prepared for it, for mine, how I prepared for it was I reached out to a couple of other people who had gotten into Wharton and they gave me pretty sound advice like, one, you want to come in, you want to make sure you are appearing very collaborative and ask other people their thoughts on things. And you also want to make sure that you're giving everyone like space to speak and share their perspectives. And you also want to just come across very confident, you know what I mean? I think confidence is really important and know that like you're you do belong there. For me, uh, our, our prompt that we were given was something that I had literally done for all four years of college, college which was plan a nonprofit entrepreneurship conference, which is like the club I was the head of. Shout out to my GES girlies if you are listening to this. And I fully like could have just ran with the question, answered everything, made up a plan and shared it with the team because I had done it before. 
But I let everybody give their different perspectives because no matter what background they were coming from, they could all give good perspectives. And then I chimed in and I was like, I've actually done this before. And holding that back instead of jumping in and being like, I've done this before, I'm going to take the lead, I think is what actually made me stand out because even though I had the experience, I let everybody listen and give their thoughts before I jumped in with the true experience and I think that was really helpful because you don't want to just like be fighting for yourself in there you need to show and this is what they're looking for that you can collaborate with teams and that you can lead when necessary but you are not overbearing and you can sort of like read the room and have the self-awareness to know like I don't need to be overpowering in this room like let's assess and then let's decide who takes on what role here so that's sort of how I prepared Someone said, how did you effectively communicate why an MBA? Sort of answered this a little bit earlier, but I essentially would say in my essays, like, I want an MBA because of what I said before. I believe it gives you the power to impact people in a more interesting way, and here's how I want to do that with my, like, career. And that was really helpful, but I don't know. I feel like I answered different things for each school because each school would have brought me different things. So it's specific to each school, but don't just say the alumni network or the location. I would give something very specific about that school, and that requires doing a little bit of research. For me, I obviously included the black community. I included the specific entrepreneurial resources that were at Wharton. And when I was looking at it for Kellogg, I included specific clubs and organizations and classes that were at Kellogg, blah, blah, blah. Another thing I did was I had two friends who I knew were really good writers review my essays. And I know it's very hard to share your application process with other people, especially people who, you know, you may be working together or something like that and you don't want to spill the beans. But I was lucky enough to have two girls I really trust, shout out Courtney and Rowan, who were excellent writers and I gave them my essays and they helped me rework them in some places because they were like, hey, like, it doesn't really sound like you're communicating this effectively here. And that was really helpful feedback because in my head, I was like, oh, this is the best, best essay I've ever written. No, girl. No, girl. You got to let other people see it, even if it's just a mentor or a trusted colleague. Do not just hand that shit in blind, okay? Someone asked, what classes are you looking forward to taking? Girl. I don't know. I do not know. First one though is because I haven't reviewed the curriculum in depth and I change my mind every day. There's I think over 20 different majors at Wharton and I am so passionate about real estate. It's like my favorite thing. I, it's like my hobby. I love it so much and I've always said I don't want to make it my career because I love it so much. So I've been, I've been looking at these real estate classes and they just excite me so much. There's also the entrepreneurship and innovation major. Obviously, Adam Grant is a teacher here, which is really cool. Personally, the first class that I know is part of the core class is I want to take un... What is it called? Speaking in a business like profession. Ugh, what is it called? Off-the-cuff speaking or whatever. Unstructured speaking, where you basically learn to communicate in a business context without having like a formal speech to give or something like that and I feel like I absolutely love being a creator talking to the camera talking on the podcast but I notice in normal conversation I say like and um way too much I even do that on the podcast I sometimes get nervous and like stammer over my words and I really want to 
make sure that I'm learning how to do that effectively. So I'm excited to take that one and I think that I might take it my first semester. So hopefully you'll be getting better content from me in the future. All right, this one is how did you study for the GRE slash GMAT? I used Magoosh to study for the GRE. It is like a self-timed course. I really liked it because I didn't have the money to pay for a tutor at the time. I was in college and Magoosh I think was like $100 and I found like a discount code online or something like that and they also have an app for math and for study cards and I found that really helpful for me because if I was like on the go or on the L or something because I was back in Chicago, I would just like look at the cards and it would be really easy for me to get some studying in. So because that was there, it was really nice and you could also do multiple practice tests, multiple stuff, but you do have to be disciplined because obviously it's a self-timed course. So you can't just be pulling up, popping out whenever you feel like it. You, you have to be disciplined and do it every day. So I took a lighter course load. I took three courses at Northwestern instead of four and I basically used my like fourth course as studying and I also did it in winter. So winter, if you are, have ever lived in the Midwest, especially Chicago, hell, absolute hell. So you're not going outside, babes. You're staying inside and you're studying. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Time to switch gears to balancing everything. Uh, first of all, I don't know how it's gonna happen. Don't ask me, I couldn't tell you. But my intentions for this are to prioritize content and my entrepreneurial journeys first and my classes and my network building at Wharton second, and then my personal life third. And priority zero, I've talked about this before in my previous podcast episodes, the different levels of priorities. At Google, we use priority zero as the thing that was most important. Priority zero is my health. And, as, and my health is number one, is that mental health. And that means that I can't go out for the sixth night in a row because I'm mentally drained. Or is that my physical health? That means I have to wake up at 6 instead of 6.30 so I can get a 20-minute workout in. Whatever it is, that's my number zero, like, has to be done priority. And then, as I said before, it's content. This is my job. I love this, and I'm so grateful for it, and not many people get this opportunity. So I got to take it, and I got to run with it. And then this Wharton stuff, yeah, real cool. Love to see it. Love to love it. Like, I'm so grateful for that, too. But I, can, I want to be able to balance it with my content creation. So sometimes, like this past week, it means I have to take a break from the podcast posting on Thursday. Not because it isn't ready, not because I didn't make it, but because I knew I wouldn't adequately be able to give it love and promotion in the same way I would want to because I was working on getting the robes together and starting school orientation next week. Sometimes it's probably going to mean I can't go on that extra trip or go out to dinner for example, tonight I'm staying in to record this for you guys instead of going out to some small group dinner I was invited to. Part of the reason I can do that is because school hasn't officially started yet and I made friends at Admit Weekend and in Tulum, so I know I'll be fine when it actually does start. But what it also looks like is tomorrow is Black Student Orientation and I have to miss it for a brand deal. And I hate that because I want to be there to get all of this incredible knowledge from the black students who have been at Wharton and are giving them us their first-hand experience. But at the same time, how am I gonna pay to be here? You know what I mean? And I wish I didn't have to, I wish it wasn't how it was, but when, I, I, when my manager came to me and said, Alexis, 
we have this offer for you. It's for this amount of money, but you have to be in New York City during these hours. And I looked at my calendar and I saw it was orientation. I knew what I had to choose, which was the content creation part of it. And I knew that I could make up for it in other ways with the Wharton stuff, you know? So it's a little tricky, uh, honestly, and I think I'll have trouble and I probably won't be always be consistent. I won't always be perfect with my content for you guys, but I want you to know that it's my intention to be here first and at school, you know, a little bit, not necessarily second, but kind of second. It's not to say that neither one of them is important to me. It's not to say school isn't important to me. Do I go to this event or do I continue thriving in my content creation business, which is very volatile? I know what I have to choose and I know that I am at peace with that decision because I made that intention very clear to myself. Another point though is I know these intentions could change and maybe in a year I'm like, I really want to focus more on school and getting the most out of school as opposed to content. Then I'll know at least that last year this was my intention and it was good. But this year, this is my intention, you know? And so just letting your intentions fluctuate by after you take in more and more information, I think is really, really important too. But if you're asking about how I'm gonna manage my time and stuff like that with my content creation career, I've just done a ton of solo episodes all about time management, all about my mindset when it comes to rest and connection and stuff like that. So I would really encourage you to jump into those. And next week, I'll be able to give you a little bit of a recap of my first week at Wharton. So make sure you're tuned in, tapped in, turned on. Additionally, this episode is sponsored by Two Collective's Two Classic Robe, which is now available for you to shop on twocollective.com. This is our terry cloth robe. It is an incredible 100% organic cotton robe that is all white so that you can easily clean it. It has a terry cloth, very absorbent inside, as well as a super soft velour outside. And it has adjustable sleeves, our signature, as well as an attached belt, so you never have to worry about it getting lost in the wash or something like that. So comfy, so cozy. And we also launched it with a line of limited edition customizable patches. If you're too smart for this stand, you can get a too smart for this patch. My personal favorite is the one that says, not busy, just unavailable. So you can shop all of that at twocollective.com down below. If you are looking to also invest in our two cozy robe, or if you are an avid pod listener, make sure that you are using the code podcast15 to get 15% off your order. And I'm so excited to see you guys in these robes. You've been asking for this one for a long time. It's finally here. So let's make the most of it. And I want to see you in your robes ASAP. So with that being said, make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps the show grow. I cannot wait to take you guys on this Wharton journey. It's going to be a time we're going to go through it together, and I cannot wait to share it because I just can't wait to experience it. So, so happy we get to do this together. I will see you guys in the next episode slash video.